0: 空が
1: So yeah, Felicity Chapman. Um yeah, Aboriginal Aboriginal woman, Aboriginal weaver and community builder. And you just stopped me, tell me if I get all this right off the top of my head. But um born country is uh Wiradjuri, yep. And you're staying on where? Bunjalung now.
2: No, I'm actually um on Naro Country in the Wet Sundays.
1: Naro, right, that's right. Ah, oh, look at you. So central Queensland.
2: Yeah. So, early Beach.
1: Oh, look out. Mm, yeah. hmm.
2: So, I got to meet a mate of yours, Taurus, finally.
1: Hey, Taurus. In weird.
2: person. We've been talking yeah. online for a long time. He's such yeah, a sweetheart.
1: Well, look, it I'm um, I'm just really interested. There, there is a book. Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a joke in it that has the word stroke, like stroke of genius or something like that. Um, but anyway, it's this neuroscientist this brain scientist who, um, like she had a stroke and she wrote a book about the experience after. And and it was just, so from her brain science point of view, she's like, you know, trying to call the ambulance and stuff. And, and she's sort of just sitting there going, Oh yes. Well, my speech center has been affected now. How will I get around? I'll just have to, (laughs) you know what I mean? So she like science the shit out of it while she was going through the stroke and then anyway i was just um what i was and and that just that point of view and that perspective on that was awesome i wanted to see what the perspective of that would be like on a brain bleed like you experienced and that you're you're still working through but from a, a perspective of an aboriginal woman who's a practitioner of weaving, but not just making decorations. I mean, you're, um, you are, you're doing embodiment, you're, you're keeping knowledge story, you're weaving neural connections, you know, um, in ways that they describe as haptic, you know, in, in Western science, you're doing that into these things. It's embodied stuff. You are a knowledge worker, um, all of these things. I was wondering how, that perspective. I, I like I was really interested in that side of things. But anyway, we can get into that we we just
2: Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, look, i look We would just have I, our, have
1: our yarns first and then if you're keen to share about that
2: yeah, um, yeah I, I'm,
1: I'm really interested.
2: I I'm, I'm happy to talk about the bleed because it was the catalyst for a lot of things that happened in my life, including finding my heritage. Um so I had the bleed and I was home alone. Unconscious for a period of time and was petrified I was going to die without being able to say goodbye. Right. My- and I came to enough to work out how to use my phone and work out how to ring my husband and just told him to get home. Something that was really wrong. And in the same time, I'm negotiating with the universe to let me live to 100 so I could be an obnoxious, feisty great grandmother.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: And that was the whole plan. And once you so got you to did hospital- an
1: out of the deal negotiation with the university, yep, you, definitely you didn't, you well, didn't, you didn't ask for please just give me um, one more day. Just give me one day to say goodbye. You were like, no, nah, no, nah, I want another century. Give me <laughs> want the full Yeah,
2: pretty well. Yeah, pretty well. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's it. Yep,
2: one of your hundred. Beautiful. Um, so then he came home, called the ambulance, so got me to hospital, then I was medi back to Townsville. And <clears> a couple of days later. I had the surgery um, to heal the bleed, to stop the bleed. Spent a month in Council Hospital. Half of it was in ICU because I had a pretty bad reaction. Um, And in the ensuing 18 months, had three strokes on top of that. So Mm. I have some permanent, I have partial vision and permanent nerve tremors. And I'm not a nice person to be around sometimes because I get very cranky. Oh, yeah. but for me, ever since when I was five, I started asking my parents and my aunts and uncles about our Aboriginal heritage and was always shut down, always. And about 10 years ago, I started to get really put down. i really starting to do some heavy research and kept hitting all these brick walls.
1: I was gonna say when you said you discovered the, like, uh, your heritage, you know, through the stroke thing. I'm like,
2: yeah.
1: uh, like you never discovered it in the mirror maybe before. Well,
2: <laughs> I knew I could yeah. see it, and I never felt like I belonged growing up white. Like there was just always this disconnect, and I only ever felt. Joel
1: knew about it from when you were five.
2: Well, I could see it, yeah, in my family, but yeah. I was always denied it. And after the and because we'd had cyclone Debbie the same year and the house was getting repaired. So I stayed at a girlfriend's place and I was, somebody just said to me, why don't you just try and do some more research, Felicity, you bored? Mm. And I, okay. And I got up this one morning and walked out to Hideaway Bay, which is a very sacred place. And I was taking photos and once again all the elders appeared in the photo. Mm. I walked back inside, made a phone call, and all the brick walls fell down. And so six months later, I got to travel to Brawarana to meet one of my uncles.
1: Hey, and- hang on, so mob. So which uncle? Which family what family is Cecil, there? Cecil Smith. Oh, look at that.
2: Yeah, and the a- balls
1: and there a- <laughs> now.
2: <laughs> so, and then we discovered that my grandfather was known as the missing branch of the family tree.
0: Mm.
2: So for some reason, he'd stepped away from all his siblings and his parents, and he took more after his Irish father. So he was right. very tall and fairer, still had features, but it was a lot. And because he died when my mum was 14, I think, I don't know, but I assumed it was just to keep his family safe. Yeah. Yeah so that they had a better option. So my mum always thought that she had one auntie, Hmm. according to her father, Um, he was one of 13 kids. So the family's huge. There's just mob everywhere and I'm still discovering them. And then going on from that, I needed to heal. Like I needed to get my left and right brain starting to talk to each other. Hmm. And to me, weaving was a way of healing. It was a way that I could start to learn about my culture because I'd been brought up without any culture. And also finding that way to journey home because my great-grandmother was stolen generation. And so we don't know where she was taken from, but she grew up on Tinneborough Station, um, you know, which covers Cunnamulla down Mm. west northwest New South Wales to the NT border. And so I found through weaving and sitting with fibre, with plant, because our plants are sentient beings and they're so wise. And if we sit quietly and we open up our heart, they take us home. We don't need to know the name. We just have to have trust Mm. that it takes us home. And that's why I get really excited about being able to help our youth and other descendants of Stolen Generation to connect. Because we just feel so like you just don't know where you fit in the
0: world. Mm.
2: And for me, that great big hole that's sat in my heart space is sealed now. I I know who I am. I I may never know who my tribe is, but I'm just really excited. And I admit, Mm. I'm in cultural kindergarten. I have Mm. so much to learn.
1: Well, look, it's, you know, like coming up in the 70s and 80s, it's like you know, nobody... <laughs> I don't know. Nobody says this anymore, but it it's true. Like back then, nobody said their tribe. Like that wasn't how, you know, you were just, you know, Aboriginal, or you were just, you know, people would say you were part Aboriginal or, you know, whatever their feeling was for, you know, whoever's, you know, depending on the context, but you wouldn't often hear people say what their tribe. And that sort of didn't start that didn't come around till late 80s and uh, early 90s when people started saying that and then after a while there's all this pressure everybody you know so people would sort of find the paperwork of where their man was you know what i mean and then go oh whatever country that was that's my tribe you know what i mean and there's there's you know there's a lot of that and there's a lot of pressure so I mean, I guess because of you know, you can just go brewarana and then you go, Oh, well, I'm I'm a proud Yamper woman. Now, but the fact I mean, it's kind of ignoring a lot of history that people were moved to Borina from all over, from Victoria, from Queensland, from yeah. <laughs> everywhere, you know, and just cut off. Yeah. You know, it was like concentration camps, you know. You you didn't keep your name even.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, you, you yeah, it was um you know, and, and just the idea of I don't know that that sort of pressure for everybody to sort of go. Oh, I'm a I'm a I'm Gomilroy, I'm Gomilroy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, You know, based on you know uh, some bit of scrap of paper they've found suggesting that their, their nana was was in this place at that time
2: or access such and
1: such a service.
2: Oh, who's crying?
1: Uh, that's this little blondie boy. Aww. Yeah, we just uh we don't know what's happened, to our uh, this baby so <coughs> she just didn't show up. <laughs> so anyway, we just press off.
2: You pick him up. Yeah. Oh, <coughs> hello. Yeah. No, don't wanna look.
1: No, nope. he's he's stubborn. He's stubborn like me. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, you know, I, I think it's really important work. Yeah, what you're doing there, it's 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 a very hard place for a lot of people to be in, and there's a lot of um, you know, there is a lot of violence, quite different kind of violence that that um that comes their way. People in that position. Yeah, <laughs> no,
0: yeah. Are
1: you sure? no. Are sure? Hello. Well, th- so this little fellow here who's crying. Well, his name's Diver, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, so he's named after his mum's uh, great grandfather. Yeah. And nobody Ooh, knows yeah. where he is from.
0: What?
1: Because when he was captured out in the bush, yeah. Yeah. You know, he only had yeah. a bush name or yeah. an English name, so he was just rounded up as a small child. Yeah. Yeah. And he tried to escape <laughs> by diving into the Mitchell yeah. River. So they recorded his name as Diver Mitchell.
2: That's amazing.
1: Yeah. So he's, you know, so he's got ancestry from up around yeah.
0: Um
1: There and, um, and you'll never know where or who, <laughs> or how <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, so that's that part of it, you know, and that's, um, you know, it's, it's that's what a lot of people sort of live with.
2: Did you? Yeah. Did you find that living up the cape that it was easier to retain that transfer of cultural knowledge, being slightly more isolated from the cities mm-hmm. and a lot of the bureaucrats, or were you affected as much as what we it's, are?
1: It, it's change, it, it changes all the time. So now it changes all the time. I mean, I haven't, um, I, I haven't, I haven't lived there uh, for a substantial period of time. For uh, I don't know, since about I don't know, must have been about a year before COVID hit. Um, I was there doing. It. I was I was back up home doing a job. I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, um, in the city. So I, 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 I took some work there, uh, working on language. I mean, it didn't pay very much <laughs> at all, but yeah, but I finished up, uh, you know, and that, and that, I don't know. Well, it's good to be back in that relation, you know, with family, where it's every day, you know, and not just on the phone and not just the bits that people are remembering and not just the, you know, it's every day, you know, you can contact every day, but it's always the emergency stuff. Yeah. You know, it's always the terrible things that are going on. And and having to chase things up and having to break up fights and having to um, organize emergency accommodation for people, having to freaking uh, sort out this one, sort out that one, uh, ring up this fella and threaten him, say, Hey, you touch my niece again, I'll fucking be up there and flog you. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's that all the time, every day. And I don't know, it was nice just to be, you know, in life um, and actually get all the other bits as well but the problem is that like things change you know over time the um there are you know as extractive activities happen more and more um and ramp up on country then things change um you know particularly with the administration that goes on and i don't know there's always you know there's always these ideas about self-determination but it's not really self-determination it's more like self-administration like what they do with prisoners in death camps you know Um, they get other prisoners to do the roll call and to, um, you know, to tell on the other prisoners and to run the, (laughs) to administer all the really awful things. And it's kind of like, that's, what's going on. And it's kind of like, uh, Oh my goodness. You have to check in that many times a week, you know, just in order to remain in the system and keep getting, you know, a subsistence work for the dull wage for your job. Yeah. Uh, Even though you're not allowed to work more than three days a week because you can't do too many more hours, (laughs) (laughs) you know, on that ridiculously low pay. And there's no other jobs available and you're just doing your best to do that. And, you know, so you can't really go out too far on country because you've got to be checking in all the time at the office. You know what I mean? And you've got to be checking in for this and that. Otherwise, you get your payment cut and all that sort of thing. So there, I mean, I I see life getting... um, constrained further and further and further. And I see nothing happening that isn't outside of a program now or, a, you know, well, you, if you're lucky enough to have your own place, that's within a half day's journey, you can get away for a day over the weekend, or,
0: yeah.
1: you know, stay out for a couple of nights, camp fish and everything. And, and, you know, it is good to get back and keep doing that whenever I get the chance. Yeah. But, you know, the fact is that in the middle of all that really horrible, oppressive stuff, then, you know, that pressure doesn't make diamonds, that, that pressure makes a lot of family violence, a lot of big rifts, a lot of terrible things going on, and it's stuff I have to deal with every week. Um, now, That there's just, you know, awful things going on, and that's just, that's all, I'm, that's all I do now. That's what family stuff is. I, I I can't remember last time I, you know, um, ate dugong that wasn't at a, a funeral. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's my favorite meat. And now all I just associate that smell, that taste with 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 death. Now, you know, it it's just mourning, 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 grieving. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I, last you know I don't know last fricking nearly ten years now, eight years. You know, I haven't had a holiday that didn't get that wasn't a, a funeral. Yeah. You know, I use up all my annual leave for funerals, for you know dealing with emergencies, family emergencies, stuff like that, and I, I can't remember the last time I had a break.
0: Yeah.
1: My break this year was was um was racing up and, and finding someone who who'd been injured and lost. Um. <laughs> That, that was my break. <laughs> and then trying to sort out how to make sure she wasn't going to get injured again, uh, trying to sort out stuff with, well, because she'd, you know, all that had happened then, that, that, that was a parole violation. And then trying to sort all that out and, and, you know, basically just all of that kind of thing. And that's what you do. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, long, long, long way of, of sort of saying, well, <laughs> you know, the further you get from the, um, you know, the metro centre doesn't necessarily, you know, put you in the quiet space for reconnecting with culture. It's just yeah. you just do what you do what you do to survive and can do to survive, and you hold the memory as long as you can, and, and you make sure you're always in that process of transmission and passing it on for next generation as much as you can, um, just on the off chance that one day it'll be useful again. <laughs> Yeah. and that, you know, everything's not going to die and, you know, we're not all going to end up, uh, you know, in a pod hooked up to a virtual reality machine and and everything and everywhere will be dead. Yeah. So, yeah, so just on the off chance that that is that and uh, I do keep that going. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, so what do you do to look after yourself? What do you do to remain strong when you're carrying so much weight? Your family,
1: so yeah, look, you, you're asking me questions. Ah, oh, but I wanted to find out about what you're doing. <laughs> All right, well, fair enough. Um, yeah, we gotta, we gotta share, I guess. Um, what do I do? Uh, just, just nothing. I'm, I'm not doing very well. Yeah, I, I'm kind of uh, full into bits here. Yeah, yeah, but but you know what? Every I mean, I'm just about to see another Christmas now and. I don't know, every year when I start back at work and everyone's like, hey, so refreshed." refresh <laughs> when you work at a university and people, and they've been to Fiji and they've, I don't know, some people, they just take three weeks off and buy like 500 bucks worth of weed and yeah. just, just zonk out and watch Netflix and they come back all refreshed from that. And I don't know, I, I don't, I don't even know. I, I don't even know how I would look after myself if I had time to <laughs> at the moment, you know, cause that, that little fella there, he's, yeah. he's got ASD and, um, he's yeah. a freaking handful and, you know, and we're both working full time. And, you know, now that I've had, I mean, I've just had to call, uh, my partner out from, you know, she's got work that urgent work that she needs to do. So I've had to call her out to, to grab him.
0: Yeah. And,
1: um, you know, and so I got paid for that after too. You know, it's like <laughs> it's it's twenty-hour days, and it's just yeah. uh, it's just constant exhaustion and and despair and um, and just horror. But we're we're pushing through because we got two more years on yeah. our sentence uh, stuck in the city here, and um yeah, and th- and then we're we're just bloody we're just going back up home. Yeah. Not that that's going to be any easier. You know, but we both missed that many funerals, me and her, in the last two years from being a lockdown. Or, and even now that I say, oh, the lockdown's over, it's like, well, no, it's not. You can't just travel across borders, and these things shift. And you know, I could go up, and then I can't get back.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm stuck I'm in a motel
1: grateful. for two weeks, and then that I got to pay for, and then who the hell can afford that? It's um, it's full
0: on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you've got to do what's right for you.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, that, that's the one thing that having the bleed was a really big wake up call for me. Mm. Is as much as I love supporting my family and my community, regardless of what community it looks like. Mm. If I don't look after me, I'm no use to anyone else. And sometimes it means sometimes you've actually got to be really selfish. Mm. You have to make those really hard decisions, not be available for everyone. Mm. and then just take the time for you. And if it means getting medical support or counselling support, it's really important. And if it means going bush somewhere close to where you live for a week and switching all mm. your, your technology off so you can just decompress, mm. um, you have to do it for you.
1: I don't know. For me, it's a bit, that's a bit. just a bit like getting drunk you know like you get drunk and then you wake up and the problems are still there in fact the problems are worse
2: <laughs> yeah well this is you know what i, I mean better- and for yeah. me if
1: i go away for a week or if i go away even overnight when i come back my problems are worse okay. and it's like you know yeah um because i, I wasn't there to manage them
0: mm-hmm.
1: and things have gone things have gone bad and and then and then it's a month to fix that it's um you know I find I just I find it's really hard and there, there's no there's no way to I don't know there's no way to stop all this kind of dependency I don't know that people have on me and and unless I just die or something because it's just like um it, it's it doesn't stop <laughs> it's 24 yeah. 7 and so, I can't and I can't run away from it without making things. Worse than without making extra work for myself, like I, it just means I've got a really hard couple of months if I yeah. if I um take that much time.
2: So what what gives you joy? And it's my simplistic level. What is something that's really simple that that gives you joy? I, I don't remember,
1: um, <laughs> but I do I do like, I just like to have a laugh. Just in I don't know, okay. in the middle of all the you know the hard stuff all the time. I, I do like to have a laugh. Which I'm not doing in this yarn. Yeah, you know? yeah. This is like one of the, usually most yarns, I'll, I'll say something terrible and have a good laugh about it.
2: Yeah, look, and that's, so even comedic comedy, plug in the headphones and yeah. give yourself that half an hour.
1: Yeah, got Every that, single day. That tragic optimism thing. I just like to uh, have a good laugh.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's what's going
1: on usually, yeah.
2: Yeah, whatever works for you. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: You know, and that just helps to give you that space within yourself, just for well, that look, moment in time every day.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I'm <laughs> I'm interested. I'm interested in how that works for you. I I don't get much time to carve. All the yeah. things that I'm see, I'm writing the this next book now, and so. But what's taking so long is all the carvings. Yeah. You know, and there's one of them. I I might only get two minutes working on it, and then I've got to drop it. Yeah. And come back in. And it's like, hey, fucking carving again. Like, you know, there's <laughs> too much to do. <laughs> Who's gonna sweep this floor now? And and freaking there's meetings on and all these terrible things going on, like all at the same time. Um, yeah, and this one calling and that one calling, and then we haven't made this appointment. And, uh, I haven't paid the regio, and <laughs> it's this um everything's fused together. Life maintenance tasks and um. And family life and work and everything is just is just one big long administrative um, task
0: yeah. <laughs> at
1: the moment. So you know, and and sometimes I carve for only two minutes. Sometimes I get twenty minutes. Yeah. Um. You know, and it's not really long enough to get into that space. But that's that's where I really wanted to um, you know, find out from you um how you how how you're managing that because I, I, I do have some sisters who, who are weavers and who do that, that business of uh, weaving knowledge and story, you know, into these things. And, and they'll give me, I've got a few things from sisters where they've got, hey, this is the story for that, you know, yeah. um, second law of thermodynamics, or, you know, <laughs> this is that story for that, uh, you know, for that thing that the old fella was telling us about, or this is a story for Stingray or, you know what I mean? Um, and I'll keep those things.
2: Yeah. That's really interesting because for me, I don't know the stories. And mm. I think for me, I feel a bit, I, I still have those days where I feel lost.
1: Well, like because, I said, because that's, I
2: don't know what my stories are.
1: So. The, sec, the, the story for second law of thermodynamics. It's like, you know, here's that physics story. Yeah. You know, so it can be anything. That knowledge that goes in, and and from what I saw of what you were doing, there's there's knowledge going in, but not just knowledge. But you're—it's like you're working on this neuroplasticity to find connections and ways around yes. new connections in there, and that you're actually embodying this with the work of your hands. And that's what I was really sort of excited about.
2: Well, it's that's re- yes, and and that is for me. That is huge. Um. I see weaving and I call it powerful medicine and I see the ability with weaving to touch so many people's lives, Indigenous, non-Indigenous, because at the heart of it, I'm a healer. I'm not an artist. I'm a healer and weaving is my healing modality and I get really frustrated when I get told that I engage in reverse racism a lot because my focus is healing more hmm. and by weaving we get to build resilience and then So it anyway, starts...
1: who's telling you you're reverse racist?
2: Um well because I tr- I turned down a lot of weaving for non-Indigenous people because my focus is mob. Okay. And I've been approached a lot up here particularly to do cultural tourism with weaving. Mm. But the sticking point is I will say to people, I'm happy to teach non-Indigenous people to weave, Mm. but to protect the cultural knowledge of the elders Mm. and our our intellectual property, you Mm. have to sign a disclaimer to saying you won't commercially reproduce this knowledge in any form. And I get told to get, I get told off a lot and then I'm cranky and then I'm engaging in reverse racism, even in the schools and they're going, you should be teaching all the kids. It's like, no, we need to teach our kids that are lost, Mm -hmm. our indigenous kids that are lost. We need to make them strong. It's then their role to share. That's not my job. It's me. It's to build our youth so they feel, so they know who they are. They feel strong. And in doing so, we reduce youth justice, we reduce our suicide rates. You know, we get these kids into following their dreams, whether they go to university or they get a trade or they they're entrepreneurial. And it's their choice. But it's like, oh no, you've got to be teaching all of us. No, no, mm. I actually, I actually have the right to decide who I want to choose to teach. Yeah. And, and I'm happy for mob to run with it and then set up their own business and teach that's their decision. Mm. But I hate how so much cultural knowledge is constantly being stolen. Yeah. And there's no mutual benefit.
1: Have you Have you come change. across some, you can refer people to Terry Janke's latest book, well, any of her books, but uh, that True Tracks, that one, uh, it's pretty <laughs> good.
2: I actually brought her workshop up to the West Sundays.
1: Nice. Two Sweet. years
2: ago. Because we were having so many issues with government and big nonprofits mm. and corporate, especially tourism operators, I wanted to educate them
0: mm.
2: so they understood. I cost me, and I was happy to invest in it. Mm. And I was a lot of out of pocket expenses because government and corporate would not take it up because it meant they had to change their mindset yeah. and the yeah. way they operated. Mm. and that's why I really get on my soapbox. And every time at, at anywhere mm. I go, say, do you know about ICOP? You need to do true tracks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it's just, um, yeah, it, it, it is tricky. And pe- people are really nice and like, oh, you know, I'm really, really respectful and I just want to wanna know more. I really want to, you know, I really want to help. I want to be an ally. Can I come and do some weaving with you? And it's like, yeah, well, as long as you're not going to, you know, um, like reproduce it commercially, uh, that'll be fine. And then all of a sudden the claws come out and you're like, oh, that person was really nice a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now they're not.
2: Yeah. And and it's yes. really interesting. So I've actually, had, I've just done a quote for a festival. One of the elders rang me and asked me if I'd be involved. I said, you know, there's going to be this, all the stuff around ICIP. She went, yeah, Definitely. Put it in your heart because we need to get that information out there. And one thing I have learned for me personally on this journey of learning about my culture
0: mm.
2: is I can't believe how systemic the racism is mm. at all levels. And even these young kids that we work with, and they tell us the stories. And like I had this one young kid who was sitting, we were weaving. He goes, I'm 25% Aboriginal. No, 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 that's right, you're Aboriginal. Mm. Just be proud.
0: Yeah. And he
2: goes, and the black kids tell me I'm too white so Mm. they won't play with me. And the white kids call me a coon and tell me they won't play with me either. And I'm going, oh, my God, it's like 2019 and this stuff is still happening. And I never experienced racism until I said to people, I'm Aboriginal, I'm so excited. And I had one woman. You didn't
1: it when you were a kid?
2: Oh, you That's know. Right, what my... Look,
1: where, where did you go to school? Do you,
2: Baptist, do you know what my nickname was all the way through school? Pickaninny. That's what my teachers called me. Okay. There you I go. Called I,
1: so you know, you, you your teachers called you Pickaninny. Yeah. Um, that was your nickname, and.
2: <laughs> and yet, my parents. And, and
1: yet, and yet, you're like, yeah, I never experienced any racism when growing up. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, for it's me, it was really cool because it
1: was just really normal. You know, like, so for me, you know, I went to that many different schools out, yeah. um, you know, in that kind of, uh, you know, frontier sort of places in Queensland. Yeah. So where they were doing, you know, making dams and, um, you know, the first power station in a rural region or, yeah. you know, it was always these construction projects, mines and things like that, you know, and all the workers were in caravan parks. And so I grew up in Dongos basically, you know, yeah. those, you portable things. And um yeah, and just you you know, just being the only kid that doesn't have freckles is enough, you know, to be like, yeah, look, I, I only have one photo surviving my um my childhood that actually came through. Someone sent me that one.
0: Oh wow. But that's
1: so that's you so look cool. you look how brown how brown that little fella <laughs> and you can imagine him you know, yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah, What, what school would be like in the seventies for for that little fella (laughs) with all the, you know, you know, Jeffrey, the freckled maniac. Yeah. Yeah, Look, I mean, it, it was, man, I, I, I remember like, you know, groups of kids like trying to kill me, like like, not just, you know, bash you up a bit. Like, that, yeah, that happened every day. And there's the, um, oh, treeing. Man, there's one place that were doing this thing called, they called treeing. And that they'd get your leg either side of a tree and, like, you know, have two kids on each leg and just sort of ram your business up against the tree like 40 times, et cetera. I did sustain some permanent damage from that. But yeah, I'm not talking about that mild stuff. I'm talking about, you know, like they they really were trying to kill you <laughs> you know and you'd end up uh, having to escape you know off in the bush and all that kind of thing yeah. um yeah like full on eh yeah. it was a it was a very i don't know like queensland out in those places that were quite sort of lawless and um you know like remote and those sort of temporary camp places that were for you know, uh, people like casual labor on different, um, you know, sort of shitty jobs out in the middle of nowhere where there weren't any shops, yeah. you know, those places were, um, they were, they were full on, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, and, and nobody mints his words. It's like, you know, you, you're a bongy looking little cunt kind of thing. That's, that's how people <laughs> call you at school, you know? And, um, yeah. But I don't know, see, I didn't think of that as racism or anything like that. Um, that was just kind of, I don't know. It's really weird, eh? how things sort of shifted about 20 years ago, maybe even 30 years ago, how things shifted with a sort of an awareness of these things as being, oh, that's bad. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's a bad thing. Somebody's just done a racism or they've just done a sexism yeah. Um, or they've just done a homophobia or something, because that was like, uh, that was just normal, man. Yeah, Like that, not even normal. It was just like, I mean, if you woke up and you didn't have a day with that, you'd feel like you were missing out on something. Um, yeah, it, was, it was pretty horrendous. I think Queensland, most times, do you did you th- do you think it was different in any other States or? I don't know. Sometimes I, I, I talk to people and I don't know I don't know where it is they grew up, you know, because they're they're just like I don't know they're middle class sort of people and they're like you know, well I'm a proud you know Bundjalung person or I'm a proud you know Wiradjuri person, um, you know, and and they're a professor of this or that or you know what I mean yeah. and and they're like oh you know and growing up I was in the choir and I was I did this and, and I'm like I don't even know. You know, I've got nothing in common with you. You know, I can't understand. Um, yeah.
2: I think New South Wales, and Victoria's probably saying, like, because New South Wales was so much smaller geographical, gra- mm. geographically with a larger population. Mm. I mean, I can remember at high school, there was a guy called Lyndon, and he was Aboriginal.
1: Right. Don't, don't put to, surname.
2: <laughs> no, I can't I can't remember his surname.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I'm impressed that I can remember his name, lost a lot of memories yeah. after the bleed. And I always just be so jealous of him because he just mm. used to go walk about. Mm. And he could not get into trouble at school because he'd go walk about and he was allowed mm. to go walk about. Because his Aboriginal. Mm. So like he might be sitting there going, but I want to go walk about.
0: <laughs> yeah. It really sucks.
2: You know. Um, but I know in Queensland I've really noticed it. Yeah. And it was really <clears throat> interesting for NAIDOC week this year, I did what I called my protest weave.
0: Right. Which was
2: in, so here, we're going to go off down a rabbit hole now. Yeah, let's you. You rabbit hole.
1: Let's rabbit hole. Um,
2: so you know how we're meant to recognise, our Aboriginal flag is meant to be our cultural symbol that is recognised globally. Yeah. And it was designed by Torres Strait Island. And yes, he is more than welcome to earn... And income from what he created. But the licensing goes to a non Indigenous clothing company, which keeps sending out these oh, diseased and yeah. So I wove the Aboriginal flag, the red and the black, and then I wove the yellow separately. Mm. And I had it chained to the rest of the flag with handcuffs around it. Mm. And we had it up in a little cafe, which my cousins own in Ellie Beach. Mm. And it, was really, it had some really interesting conversations about it. So then I decided to... Well, you're you know, right, as long as you don't
1: try and sell it. Yeah. If you tried so, to sell that commercially, then you'd be um, infringing on a German fella. German, is it? I don't know. A European sure. fella's uh, copyright.
0: Yeah. It's
1: a European T-shirt company that owns the flag, owns yeah. our flag.
2: <laughs> and so I decided I was going to email the three parliamentarians that I knew of, Leanne and oh, Queensland. Linda Burney and Ken Wyatt. Mm. Out of the three of them, guess who actually replied to my email and actually rang me? Linda Burney? No, Ken Wyatt.
1: Oh, too God.
2: Mm-hmm. But, uh, knocked me over with a feather. He actually ran and had a conversation about it and told mm. me that they are apparently it's been a really slow process, but they're negotiating to buy the rights of the Aboriginal nice. flag and it will be managed by a trustee, which will have an Aboriginal board. Oh, that's lovely. Like, wow, that was really cool.
0: Nice. <laughs> I was
2: stunned. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it, so the ones I thought would reply didn't. I never expected to get a response from Ken White. Mm. You know, but then was really disappointed that I didn't even have my email acknowledged by the other two. But that's just the way the world is, I think. And he was really interesting. He said Western Australia and Queensland have a really long way to go. Mm. He said, "Racism is so much worse."
1: Well, racism. it's it's really interesting. I think there's a there's a bit of a theme coming through here. As you, you refer to, um, you know, post after you refer to after the bleed,
0: mm. you
1: know, for what happened inside your brain and the amount of memory loss that happened there, and um, we should, yeah, I, I, I think that's that's the title of our yarn is after the bleed. Yeah because um, what we've all, what's also come up is a kind of collective amnesia culturally that happens, uh, that has happened in, in this country. And I think when you're looking at, um, at Queensland, particularly Queensland, um, north of Toowoomba, <laughs> actually, you can pretty much start around Ipswich and work your, <laughs> your way up. If you're looking at that one and you're looking at, uh, you know, uh, quite most of the Northern Territory up in the north too, and then um, Western Australia, like Perth. Mm. So if you look at those places, and you can pretty much guarantee that the closer you are to a mine, uh, the more collective memory loss there'll be, the more racism there'll be, the more weirdness there'll be, you know. Um, Yeah, there's this kind of idea of um, uh, colonial amnesia, you know. And I think it's appropriate to refer to that. It's a great metaphor you got there—the idea of um, that phrase "after the bleed," mm-hmm. because of so much blood, you know, shed, and um, and then so much just memory loss yeah, following yeah, that. There's, I mean, for ourselves, we're talking about mm-hmm. our own disrupted um, bloodlines, cultural yeah. lines, cultural connections, and then, but then also, you know, so much just quite willful memory loss and denial about, um, about the frontier massacres, about the things these kids were doing to us at school.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, about the things that they do now, if they can get away with it, which they can get away with it to people like yourself. I keep seeing it. Yeah. And I'm sorry to keep, I'm, I'm talking for too long here. Like I, I have to say this now because this is huge i keep hearing this a lot um it's not racism if they're not black um i've, I've heard this quite a few times yeah. and so um i i've and i've encountered this quite a bit people will say the horrendous racist stuff that they're longing to say to the real aborigines but they'll say it to um to me
0: yeah
1: and they go well you're not really you know <laughs> <laughs> you're like you know i mean you're only Crown person, you know, or whatever. Um, Yeah. But there's there's just also that. So you remember um, uh, there was that big hashtag thing. It's too strong, too strong for you, Karen.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, with the Aboriginal flag. And this links back to your weaving flag story. But with those um, sort of racist people in Mildura were pulling down the flag. If you have a listen to that, they'll explain what they're doing as having been permitted by real Aborigines. And they, they, they're quite clear about uh, that these are fair-skinned Aboriginal people flying the flag out the front. And therefore, what they're doing is not racist. And that um, that they have friends who are real Aborigines, who are, are more than happy for them to be doing this. Yeah. So, And you hear some of those people saying things like, it's not lateral violence if they're not Black you know yeah. as well so there's there's a fair bit of this i know that there's a lot of you know hey you know if you're not if you don't have really really black skin then um i mean you're not both pretty damn brown
2: oh, well, <laughs> but it's yeah. like yeah. if you're
1: not if you're not proper proper dark proper black um etc then you are you know you know step back because you know you haven't got the disadvantage you don't know what racism is you can't talk about racism but really i mean we're experiencing a lot of racism that that ironically um a lot of our people you know i uh, <laughs> don't experience as much as <laughs> as much as used to happen i mean you know like yeah i mean i get people shouting out of cars i get like doctors saying horrific shit to me
0: sure. you know
1: because they, they feel quite comfortable to get away with that because it's not really racist, yeah. um, because you're not really dark. Mm-hmm. So and that it's about you know black is about your skin tone and and you're only brown so it's fine. Like uh, you know we say what we like and there's he, I mean my little kid there you've seen him before he looks like Draco Malfoy off um, Harry Potter. You know yeah. <laughs> people yeah. are going to be able to say whatever they like to him. Oh well, uh,
2: yeah, my girlfriend she's blonde haired blue eyed. Yeah had their skin adopted, decided to look for her biological family well, 15, 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. Aboriginal. Yeah. Mm.
2: Father was Scottish. Mum was Aboriginal. Um, but, and it is really, I, I've designed this T-shirt, which I need to get printed. Yeah. And it says, my pales, my palest skin taint is a visible scar of colonisation. Mm.
1: Well, that's, I'd like to... um. I'd like to get back to this idea then of that because you're looking at loss there and when, and one of the worst thing to lose is memory, like cultural memory, Mm. um, bloodline memory. You know, so that's, that's something there. That's an after the bleed, but another after the bleed thing is the, um, is that, um, uh, colonial amnesia and what, um, the occupying nation, uh, chooses to forget and chooses Mm. to remember. Um, yeah, so I I would I'd like to hear you riff on that no, <laughs> as no, well no. and how you're weaving together these stories to keep memories or to piece memory back together from damage, from nothing, from from decay.
2: True. Well, I discovered and I have done a meme somewhere, and so I probably won't be able to quote it fully mm. that weaving reactivates cellular memory that's held deep within our DNA Mm -hmm. and once we access it it helps us to remember and -hmm. build that strong sense of self-identity because Mm -hmm. it's all there Mm -hmm. they've tried to breed us out they've tried to kill us but there is that tiny little whisper sitting in our DNA that is just waiting to be awakened Mm -hmm. to help remind us of who we are Mm -hmm. um and it was interesting before the bleed, so before Cyclone Debbie, I'm always really in tune to nature, and I think that's one of the gifts from my original ancestry. My, and I think it's, you know, maternal. I knew that we were in for a really bad cyclone and mm. started preparing, and we would go out on the boat fishing, and I would look up onto the hills, and there would be the elders.
0: Mm.
2: And I'd be going. Oh, my God, we're Mm. so getting. But I knew no one was going to die. Mm. But I knew we were really going to be hammered because Mm. we needed to have that adjustment. Um, Have things changed? No. I think people have been more self-aware, but it's the almighty dollar that Mm. keeps overriding everything. It's that need for power and control. And so it's still trying to, um, sitting in our DNA sits at intergenerational trauma. It's that power imbalance sits. So weaving, which allows you no matter where you live and what your state of mind is, it gives you that breathing space Mm. to connect at a really deep level. And it's not even a conscious level with country and culture, which actually starts to shift the way you feel about yourself, mm. the way that you feel about community. And it it's gonna sound really strange. It starts to give you that strength to actually make a stand when all you really want to do is hide and feel mm. and you feel really sick in the gut. Mm. It allows you to be a leader, even if it's only a leader of yourself. Mm. So an example, I found out last week that our local council has made public a document. It's been published with my name on it without my approval. Mm. And I've left it a week because I didn't want to spit vitriol when I write, but I'm actually feeling really Uncomfortable within myself, but I'm sitting down to write to them to ask them to remove that document mm. from their website. I'm actually demanding a meeting because once again, they've shown that they can't be trusted
0: mm. and it
2: stops now. Mm. And even if nothing changes out of the meeting, I've at least stepped up. Mm. And and I don't see myself as a warrior, and I don't see myself as a fierce person. But it's just sometimes you get to that point, and sometimes it's lucky being older. Mm-hmm. So I've gone through menopause. Since my brain bleed, I don't have a filter. I always used to bite my tongue. I never used to want it to rock the boat. Now I just call people on it. <laughs> and they just get told, and if they don't like it, fine. Um, and I think... There's a few more of us that we really need to do yeah. it. And we need to be stepping up because our elders are so tired. And my adopted elders are so tired. Um, and they, they need us to help support them mm. to actually create that wave. Yeah. You know, and even just us having this conversation, do you know how much healing that we've created that we're just sending out?
0: Yeah, through you the know, universe? So.
2: And so we create those ripples. So even though we feel like we're not achieving anything and we're not making a difference, we are.
1: Well, we picked the pick the scab so far. Let's
0: um
2: yeah.
1: yeah, let's make sure that we seal that one up before we go. <laughs> <laughs> At least put something on, on it. Scoop up a handful of mud and chuck that on top. At least something. Yeah. Um yeah but yeah, no, where it is for me is in your, is in your practice. Um, like I keep, I keep, you know, feeling this from you, you know, really strongly. Um, and, and, but also there's something that's it's more than resilience. It's like this superpower you develop from, from being so profoundly damaged, um, that, that, um, you have no fucks to give <laughs> anymore. Well, 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 There's well, something that happens with when, when those fucks are gone. Um, know. there is, it's not just liberating. It's, um, it's not just empowering. It's, it's, uh, you, you have capabilities that you didn't know you had before. So, you know, what have you discovered, you know, from those clever hands
2: um, oh, what as have you I just-
1: as woven back together, you know, the fabric of your cognition and your being and your interaction with the world. But it seems to me sans fear, without the fears and holdbacks and, you know, uh, limitations of before.
2: Oh, definitely. When when you're so close to death, you realise how short life is Mm. and it's too short for regrets. Mm. And I'd rather say, yes, give it a go and fail miserably Rather than asking myself on my deathbed, should I have actually tried?
0: Mm.
2: And for me, I've become childlike. Mm. And I've always been curious. And I've always had this crazy scientist brain. And I get to experiment and play. And I give my finger to the Western focus on everything's outcome focus. Mm. Whereas me, it's all about the process. It's all about being in that space, being creative. And when you're in that space, you come up with the most amazing ideas and it improves your critical thinking skills. And it gives you that idea of a different way of solving problems. Having a disability and learning to weave, I spent my first four days learning to weave in tears most days. I thought I'm never going to get the hang of it. And for the first year, I said to everyone, if I can learn to weave, you can learn to weave. <clears throat> and I proudly called myself the bogan weaver. And my gorgeous cousins like, "No, no, no, it's not bogan, it's we call you bogan, you know like target, we call it tasha." So to <laughs> the bogan weaver. Right. Um, and it's for me my background apart from construction and project management Has been natural therapy, but Mm. very much that spiritual healing and listening to the plant. So even though I may not be able to physically heal like I used to work with other people, Mm. I very sneakily incorporate all that beautiful wisdom and plant medicine through my eyes, and through using different um, seeds and things like that into the. So
1: you were in construction management. So you know exactly that world that I was, telling, I was talking yeah. about growing up in before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've seen the inside of a few dongas yourself. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and,
2: uh... and waving is the answer to everything. No matter what your question is, waving will always be the answer. Mm. You, you want to teach kids that struggle, that have really severe dyslexia or, or they're yeah. falling through the cracks. You want to teach them STEM? Let me teach them weaving. I can cover all your STEM. You know, you want to you want to help mm. work on social mm. emotional well being? Let me weave with people um, mm. because weaving's the answer. Mm. Yeah. And and it's like you go. Well, you do your weave.
1: You weave a yarn too, don't you?
2: I, I I weave yeah, and I weave communities.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and the one thing I learned early on is the most powerful thing about weaving is not the weave itself; yeah. it's everything that happens within that space and around mm. that space, mm. and the connections that we make. And I look at it as I'm going to explain this. So I see us as being weaving this beautiful spider's web. Mm. You know mm. the spider. You know North American Indian. The spider wove the world into being,
0: mm.
2: and every time we gather. And we work together we weave we strengthen those knots and then we send out more shoots so we create bigger long more diverse connections mm. and that's how we keep the world going and I get really frustrated with to be recognized as a business you've got to be scalable up and out mm. whereas the little micro nano businesses, we're the ones that actually hold the social fabric hmm. of the world together. We're the ones that are constantly repairing the tears. Hmm. And we need to celebrate the, people, the quiet people that nobody looks at. That's
1: it. Yeah. Well, then, but then, then they wouldn't be quiet anymore if we were celebrating them. Yeah. You, you'd ruin them then. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but we can celebrate Look, um, them quietly.
0: I know, but I'm, you know, we've
2: explicitly. got to have yeah. But we've got to yeah. give the government. The government's mm. just got to stop going. You only give value is. if you have employees and you can grow a multi-million-dollar business. It's like, no, sorry, that's that's not the way it is.
0: Yeah,
1: I did have a um a post-grad student <laughs> um a year or two back, uh, and she was an elder, and she was um. You know for her research, she wanted to um design her her own indigenous methodology that was based on weaving wow. and the the process of uh process of inquiry and knowledge production that happens uh in the that women's circle of weaving um, yeah and she did very well and actually and and another another elder uh, so i've I've had about three different elders. Hey, one, two, three. Yeah, three different elders, um, you know, who were, you know, I can't call them students because, you know, I'm a young fella at 50, you know, <laughs> but they were, you know, these were, you know, elders who were getting post-grad uh, qualifications and doing research. And I was supervising them, helping them go through. And a couple of them were doing weaving methodologies that they put together. And, um, it was funny. one of them did focus on the weed, weaving and did these big and wove her methodology into a big mat and that, that showed how she was going to, how she would do the research, how that pro, what that process is, but then also the theory behind it. And then, but the other one, uh, she was working off this one image and it wasn't of the weaving. It was of the hands and feet of the women as they sat around in the circle. Cause she was like, well, that's where it is you know, that's where the weaving is, that's where the knowledge is. And it's not in what you're making. It's it's in that it's in the hands and the embodied knowledge and that that hands there, that's the cognition, that's the thought, that's the thinking, that's the knowledge it's in those hands and feet of those women and the feet, because, you know, those feet are carrying them around country. You know, it's those feet that make the tracks and, and make the pathways. You know, as they collect what they need, and then it's those hands that bring it together. But it's in that sociality, it's in that relationality,
0: yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And it was pretty. It was a pretty good methodology too. It was, um, you know, it wasn't just, I don't know, a token kind of wave to like, go oh, well, this is, you know, an Aboriginal thing, and so we're giving it an Aboriginal theme.
0: Yeah. We're giving
1: it an Aboriginal flavour. We're indigenizing a methodology or something like that. It was no. It was a really quite rigorous method of inquiry that was built out of the um, you know, the intellectual practice of weaving.
2: That's really interesting because part of my thing is I, it took me two years to actually have a conversation with our regional primary health network because I wanted to apply for some funding to do weaving and that social and emotional wellbeing. And they told me not to even bother putting in an application for, for a grant Mm. because there was no scientific peer-reviewed studies to prove my claims that a 40,000-year-old cultural practice makes a difference. And they told me if I was serious to go back to uni and do my PhD to prove right.
1: it. Right, yeah.
2: You know, and I and I did look down that path, but because I do have so many learning challenges with this, I discovered the unis aren't interested and I'm not qualified enough. Like, I don't have an undergrad. Like, I've right. got a grad cert in business. Mm. It's like, no, nah, you're not qualified enough. And uh it, it's just going to be too hard. And I even had one university go, oh, look, we have heaps of re- research students that are looking for a topic. Just hand over all your data. Mm. No. The mm. sword comes back to us. Oh, yeah. Mm. I got told I'm too old and with a disability. Mm. No.
1: No, look, well, there, there's plenty of stuff. There's plenty of stuff out there that proves that quite well. And in fact, it, it's. I I think that's been proved plenty, but it's, you know, and it's also limiting though, because there's more to it than that. There's more to it than just, you know, ah, you get, get the kids outside and you teach them culture and that, and, and they're all healthy, you know, and everything improves. Their attendance improves, everything improves. Oh, all the outcomes improve. You know, if you have culture, um, you know, it's, (laughs) it's so problematic and and it's often quite limiting mm-hmm. you know then in what more um you know our ways of of thinking knowing etc can can actually bring um and you know how key how important it's going to be for the future down the track um for just survival <laughs> as, yeah. as we continue but look I, I i would say um i don't know you, your practice is, uh, is having a, a pretty big impact on the world, and it's and it's about um, it's about as much as you can manage and keep being this happy person that's looking at me right now, which is I don't know, it's just annoying me a little bit because I'm just like oh Jesus, Gosh, she gets to be happy. It's like yeah, I should encourage you to go and do research. Hey, yeah,
2: come and join the nervous. academy. Yeah. Come and join the
1: academy. Come and do research and be and be miserable <laughs> like me.
2: I used to, I used to be a really good researcher before yeah. my blade. <clears throat> but the thought of having to try and sit down and read reams of academic, yeah. dry writing is like. Mm. Yeah.
1: Well, you just look like you've completely freed yourself, and um, and there, there's not um, I don't know, there's not a hint of dullness there that I'm oh, picking up can on. Be. Especially it's, in the um, afternoon. Here we go. That's why we're doing it early. Then all right.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I can be quite non-verbal later later in the day when I get really fatigued. Oh, awesome!
1: Well, let's have a talk in the afternoon one day so I can push around a bit, (laughs) tease you.
2: (laughs) Oh, look! And I tend to apply for arts funding so I can do small projects for mob because they're the ones that don't have the financial resources. So at least it helps to cover basic cost, so i can actually yeah. go work with them and then next That's year i like to do my cert three in cultural art um through cairns tafe um so next year i think it's going to be a focus on just weaving for myself building up my website so then i just have that income and then i can good. start to do my projects
1: good networks there in cairns yeah and AU with taurus web now too so it's all good <laughs> he's he's a connected fellow you're going to meet some Of the best people you'll ever find. There. Speaking of relationships, though, and this is the little one ear I got that I can't ignore this relationship anymore. He's going to tear my arm off, beat me to death with it. <laughs> He's like, uh, bam bam off the clock. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, um, this was a really good yarn, and yeah,
0: thank
2: you. We'll catch up uh-huh. Yeah, and definitely. So. And don't be a stranger, I'd love to hear more about what you're doing. And
1: well, yeah, we've gone and buddy shared our horrendous life stories now. So um yeah, some
2: um, <laughs> And you gotta yeah. look after yourself. Keep going. Stay strong.
1: Oh yeah. Um yeah know, I'll I'll look into that.